Chapter Four of A Book of Bargains. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bev Stevens. A Book of Bargains by Vincent O'Sullivan. A Study in Murder. As I got out of a cab at Piccadilly Circus, I was hailed by Gladwin. Just the man I was looking for he cried. Let us go somewhere and have a drink. At that moment a glass of brandy happened to be the thing I wanted, so I followed Gladwin to the criterion readily enough. Besides, he was excited, and people are always interesting when they are excited. A man feels strange, said Gladwin, sitting down by a table, when he looks around this place and thinks that everybody in it will outlive him. "'Do you feel like that, by any chance?' I asked, lighting a cigarette. "'Yes, I do. Let me tell you this, my friend,' he went on, in his earnest, impulsive way, which was wont to become a little wearisome. "'You know that I'm not much better than a pauper. Well, I'm sick of slaving away for a wretched, paltry salary, and I'm going to end it all. I've thought about it for a long time.' and something that happened today has quite settled it. By the way, do you think I'm mad? Oh, Lord, no, says I. Because I'm not. Now you know as well as I do that all this time, since luck has taken to using me as a football, I've been kept together by the thought of Margaret. I thought that somehow or other, if I only pegged on, I might... Well, I have seen her today, she was kind enough to state that she could never marry me, and that her father didn't want her to see me again. She was also so good as to mention that it would be insane, considering my position, for her to marry against her father's wishes. Then she spoke of you. Hello, you've upset your glass. Waiter, another soda and brandy here. As I was saying, she spoke of you. She said that her father was most anxious to have her married to you, and was doing his utmost to bring about the match. I suppose you never did have any feeling in that way for Margaret. My dear fellow! I thought not, and I told her so. Besides, I said that you were too good a friend of mine to try to step into my shoes. But she only shook her head and went out of the room weeping. And so, tonight, I'm going to end it all. In your company, I'm going to do everything that makes a man's life bright and merry. And then, I'm going to blow the soul out of my body somewhere by the river. You'll come with me? Yes, of course, I said, with a slight hesitation. But what are these things that make a man's life bright and merry? Only the usual stupidities dining a theatre or music hall and all that but it is these very banalities that i want exclaimed gladwin i have done them so often when i was fairly happy that i am anxious to learn what they seem like on the night when i'm going to die meet me for dinner at the barclay at half-past seven as i drove home to dress i took this letter from my pocket and read it again I write to you because I know that you are such a true friend to us both, and have so much influence with my father. 
i need not protest that i love mr gladwin with all my heart but how can i tell him so when my father will not even speak to him please please try to do us good to make our lives content perhaps you will think it a fine and great thing to serve two creatures who can never repay you margaret how odd it is says gladwin as we strolled towards the empire that all this stir and bustle which i am in the midst of to-night will be going on just the same to-morrow night as though i had never existed yes i replied how proud you must feel as you move amongst this commonplace throng dr johnson said that when a man has resolved to kill himself he may go and take the king of prussia by the nose at the head of his army it is a fair question whether a man has not a right to take leave of life when it ceases to charm to be beautiful if you are so much in love with suicide says gladwin rather irritably for him why on earth don't you do it yourself oh i have a great many reasons the chief of them is that so many people depend on my life take my valet for instance that young man supports his mother and three sisters now if i were to die i should be a cause of misfortune to all of them no i cannot commit suicide because of my valet of course you are right said gladwin as we turned into the theatre and i am a fool are you under sentence of death a woman asked gladwin in the promenade as it is called of the empire she laughed and disappeared in the crowd i turned to inspect gladwin and indeed he had a low look his face was pale and wet there was nervousness fatigue even fear in his demeanour seeing these things i led the way to the bar my friend when i look around this place with all its light and joy it almost tempts me to give up the game said gladwin with a glass of brandy in his shaking hand how few people there are in the world who have the courage to give life the slip i murmured as if in a study men talk glibly about death being preferable to the smallest evils of our lot but it is when people come face to face with death that they wave the white feather in a vehement and degrading fashion there are but two sets of heroes in the world the anarchists and the suicides you don't mean to say i'm a coward gladwin rapped out with a flush really i was hardly thinking of you i have concluded that you intend to go back to your drudgery to see margaret you think wrong interrupted gladwin let us get out of this damned hole it stifles me when margaret wept to-day remarked gladwin as we sat to supper in the hotel continental do you know i that is it just occurred to me that she might love me after all one is usually deceived in these cases i said drawing on the tablecloth with a fork you wish her to love you and naturally twist every unmeaning thing to your advantage you know best answered gladwin filling his glass 
if she loved me you would be first to notice it margaret has a beautiful mind he added after a bit i hope she may never be unhappy and with that he put his hands to his face to hide his tears i think because he laughed so loud the next moment notwithstanding this merriment i thought it wise to purchase a small flask of brandy as we left the hotel if i think of the time when i was a lad it just takes the heart out of me declared gladwin as we walked through quiet streets arm in arm to the river my people were always so good to me and the dear old place he choked try a little of this stuff i said offering my flask he took a long drink and then we went on for a while in silence i know i wasn't born to end like this he broke out suddenly i'm not clever and i'm not much good anyway but i've never lied i've never cheated and i don't think i've ever spoken a bad word of anyone by god i haven't and now nobody cares for me and i'm being paid out like a hanged dog we had come to the embankment by this time so i turned on him with great indignation and do you think i would stand idly by and watch this performance i exclaimed save that i am sure you can never continue your mean life i am sure too that you could never bear the thought of margaret in another man's arms but from what i've heard please don't add the last straw he screamed out in a sort of agony let me die without knowing that you are the best friend i have ever had he said taking my hand the best friend that any fellow ever had i pressed his hand with real feeling then i looked around and noting that we were free from observation i said i think i will stop here while you go on to the bridge never fear old chap i shall see the last of you tis all i can do Goodbye, said gladwin god bless you my friend he went forward a little and then much to my annoyance for i dreaded lest some should find us in company he came back again showing a ghastly twitching face if i thought that margaret loved me he mumbled in his throat she shall hear of your death i murmured and she will be sorry for you he nodded his head twice as if satisfied and went to the bridge there he climbed upon the parapet exploded a pistol at his face and fell forward into the water did you see that suicide says i to the policeman who came running up yes sir answered the man fumbling for his whistle i had nothing to do with it had i he stopped short and looked at me narrowly i fell to examining my cigarette to see if it was burning well he was a young man new to the police service i should think doubtless i impressed him in my favor i mean i do so impress people sometimes you sir he exclaimed and shook his head oh dear no sir 
that's all right i said and then i laughed end of a study in murder